Hello, this is Positively England, the football podcast that's all about positivity. I'm your host, Saunders CB. Now, this series is part of the FA's 21 Days of Positivity campaign, which is supported by Nationwide Building Society and is all about promoting mutual respect on and off the pitch. So we're here celebrating the value of building a positive environment in grassroots football by encouraging players to enjoy the game. It's 21 days because it takes 21 days to form a new habit. And this 21 minute podcast is going to fill those three weeks with positive vibes. I've got incredible co-hosts and together we went to St George's Park, England's training facility, where we spoke to players from England's women's and men's teams, chatting with them about all things positivity. The great Karen Carney joins me for this episode and we were lucky enough to talk to a player who loves playing for her country so much that it's in her name. A player with an incredible work ethic and unwavering devotion to the game, it's Bethany England. Bethany was a pleasure to speak to, a magnetic personality. We spoke about an abundance of topics, including how her love of the game was unharmed by a double-digit loss at a young age, the importance of friendship within a team, and the sacrifices she made to achieve her dream. I think we lost the first game like 23-0 and even then we still wanted to go back and continue like the next week, go to training, be ready for the next game. That was a life lesson for me that was the biggest change in, in my mentality in football. That I was just crying saying I'm done, I can't do it anymore and I think had it not been for her I definitely think I would have quit. Now I often say to England players when you're sitting in St George's Park you've done a good thing things have gone well because you're playing for the, the national team. Talk to me about that. How does it feel to be part of the setup? Yeah, of course. It's a great honour to play for your country and even just be able to be here at this great facility, train here every day and get used to how things work in the national environment. So it's a big honour to be here. How's the setup currently? Like, How are the, the other teammates? How, how's it all going? Yeah, it's going well, obviously. I think everyone's still struggling to get used to terms of these COVID restrictions and it's changing a lot of the way we interact with each other on a daily basis. But other than that, I think everyone's just here to do a job and being professional about it. What I want to do to begin with is go back to the first moment we can think of with football and you. Oh wow, where did really it all start? Fall back. <laughs> yeah, where um, did it start? So for me, my football journey started when I was about six or seven years old. I used to play football on the street at my grandma's house with a friend and he introduced me and my sister to playing in his boys football team, uh, which was called Junior Tykes. And to this day, I, we still like keep in contact with them a bit and yeah it was amazing because at that time obviously there weren't many girls that played in football and obviously it was predominantly boys that played mm -hmm. but I can say I had quite a positive experience in that the boys in that team just accepted me and my sister into the team like anyone else and we thrived there and really enjoyed it until it obviously come to the stage where girls were no longer allowed to play with boys which then we had to then look elsewhere and go to an academy. So you, you can draw some really positive experiences from that and get, having that opportunity to be able to just play like a player, enjoy the game for what it is and learn those skills and that, you know, the fun you get from playing at a really early yeah, age. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, to be fair, the first, I'll never forget the first game we ever played for them. We played against Spy Rangers and I think we lost the first game like 23-0. <laughs> and even then, we still wanted to go back and continue like the next week, like go to training, be ready for the next game. And even that didn't put us off. And I think at that age, you're just so happy to be a part of something and something that you obviously enjoy doing. I think it was important that we were able to just be ourselves and be happy playing as well as learn and develop. And I think for myself especially, playing with boys at a younger age definitely helped me progress quicker, I think, 
had I have started off in a girls team but it's hard to say that because I didn't play in a girls team from the offset but I think definitely playing with boys as social media seen a picture floating around with me and my short hair I looked like a little boy anyway as a kid so <laughs> I got tackled like one as well Right, really, they didn't give you a No, easy no, mark. they didn't. I don't think they knew I was a girl at the time, and they would just nail me, just as they would all the other boys, so it was a really good start for me. A 23-0 defeat, any experiences like that in your experience, <laughs> um, Gaz? I mean, that's brave going back. You must have really, really enjoyed that, to suffer that defeat and then go back again. No, you said it made you better for playing with lads. Why, why do you think that? I think just because, from my personal experiences as a younger girl, I felt like... When I'd be in school and I'd do certain activities, the girls would always not be as forthcoming to give everything and be as aggressive and stuff. And I think playing in a boys' team, they didn't care if you were a boy or a girl, they just <laughs> wanted to win. And I think having that mentality, even at that age, to just they just want to be there and win, it really made you step up to their levels. And I know there's a big debate about girls being slower than boys and things like that. And I do think, to an element, they were a little bit more physical at that age. And I think it really made a big difference for me playing with them at, at that age to go forward. So when things progressed and it was about, you know, the time we think I can take this seriously now, this can be a, you know, a career for me. What, when was that moment for you? Oh, I'd definitely say that was more when Chelsea picked me up from Doncaster Bells because I was still very much like part-time at, at Doncaster. The WSL had just started, sort of kicked off and I remember being one of the youngest players and even at that age, you're still relatively young playing with, against senior women week in, week out. And then when Chelsea come in, to, to sign me it was like oh this is actually going to be my job now like I can just focus solely on football whereas prior to that I'd have to bounce between doing different sorts of jobs. A lot of people know I used to work in a fish and chip shop, worked at M&S, I've worked in a bakery just to get me through playing football alongside like schoolwork and college. So yeah to be able to go to Chelsea and just solely focus on football and that be your full-time job was when it really hit home for me I think yeah. You strike me as someone that, having having done all that, as positivity and the idea of like that mental challenge being a really key testament to your career, to get you to where you are now, you've had to kind of work super hard, harder than most people, I would say. So how, how did you keep your mental state in a position that allowed you to keep going better and better and better? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I've had it harder than other people. I think we, we've all got different journeys and paths. Everyone's got their own definition of hard. I mean, for me, when I worked in the chip job it was a night shift so it was going off three hours sleep into a football match and then having to go back again and work the next night shift and it was things like that which were really challenging but ultimately I love football so much that I've, I've always wanted to play it and I think it's just taking those experiences of like for me missing on so many nights out or going out with friends just because I knew on a Saturday or a Sunday I've got that football match that I, I've got to be ready for and I've got to be as alert as I possibly can be, whether it be off a couple of hours sleep or not. And I think it's just important that no matter the setbacks, you always find a way forward because believe me, there's been plenty of times where I've said I'm going to quit. And there were definitely one particular time, I remember having the conversation with my mum, that I was just crying saying, I'm done, I can't do it anymore. And I think had it not been for her reasoning as to why it is I do what I do, I definitely think I would have quit. Wow. So I think a big testament to me still playing this, to this day is because of, of that conversation that day I had with my mum. What Was your mum a big role model for you throughout all of your life, not just football? Yeah, I mean, oh God, my mum, bless her, knows nothing about football, I think. <laughs> um, still, I think she just about gets the offside rule, but I think she just knows me more as a person, not necessarily a lot about the game. Like, a lot of kids have their dads that 
are really into football and can help coach and things like that. Whereas my parents, they're very sporty people, but we've not got a massive background of football in our family. But the type of woman that she is, is that no matter the obstacle, she's always got through it. And I'd like to think I've taken that strength from her that no matter what life throws at you, there's always a reason why. And there's always the light at the end of the tunnel sort of thing. So I think that's definitely what I take from my mum. How important do you think that aspect of a role model is to, to young players? And how was it for you, Kat? It's massive. I think the same as Beth, really. You know, my mum, my dad, my sisters. I was quite lucky, though. I had probably, I was probably the first batch of girls coming through that had female role models in terms of mum was Rachel Yankee, Kelly Smith. Kelly Smith being the greatest English player we've produced by a country mile. But yeah, I think those moments where you have those little dips and people around you that know you and know that you've got that inner desire in you, that you can do it, that you can make it. They just need a little bit of a pep talk to say, come on, put an arm around you, keep going. It's really key because I think everyone thinks a journey to being an elite athlete, professional footballer is just straight and linear like that. And when you're at these low points, you need really good people around you to go, come on, it'll be all right. You know, it happens in everyday life to every people, everybody out there. You just need to dig deep and, and grind and go through it. And thankfully for Beth, She's done the same and now smashing it and, and I had those moments in my career as well that I'm really grateful for people that came and put an arm around me and picked me up again. So when you've hit the, the pro level, you've hit the big time, you have, I guess you have to dig to different areas within you to kind of keep that spirit going and also keep up the level of competition there is because, you know, there's a lot of competition at that level. Mm. What is it that you draw to to keep you firing the best way you can, you know, being the best footballer you can with all the extra pressures around that there is in the modern day of football. Yeah, as you touched on, obviously, in this environment, it's forever evolving and you've always got to keep up with the competition and that's something that will either define a player or, I guess, crucify a player. And in my instance, I think the pinnacle of it for me was the moment when I went on loan from Chelsea to Liverpool because, uh, again, it, that was another dip in my career where I truly thought, like, I'd come to this amazing club and in a way I'd also thought that I'd failed because I wasn't needed anymore there. And to be fair, a lot of credit I have to give not only to my family and my agent, but I sought help through another source of a psychologist. And it was through them that I was able to really pick myself back up find my feet again and love football to the point where obviously I went back to Chelsea and then thankfully I've been able to continue to smash it but I think that dip really emphasised how strong of a character that I can have when challenges are put in front of you. Again, I can't sit here and say I didn't think about quitting because it, it does it does cross your mind but also my mental state I think went from why am I not good enough to more like I am good enough and I'm going to show myself first why I am and then everyone else after that will see that and I'm sure at some point in your career Kaz you've, you've kind of I guess been through a similar thing where you think on them lines but for me it was that moment I, f I felt like I wasn't good enough it turned into a positive of do you know what I'll show you why I am good enough and yeah I think that was a life lesson for me that was the biggest change in, in my mentality in football. That's, a, that's incredible to hear. Did you have a think, similar experience? Well, I think just going off of that, I was at Chelsea at the same time when, when Beth came in and then Beth went back on loan. When Beth came back to Chelsea after the back of the loan, you hear about now the story and the journey that Beth's been through in terms of she saw it as a negative. I saw it as a massive positive because when Beth came back to Chelsea, she was a much better player. She was more confident. I was like, oh, it must have been a great moment for her, a great situation coming back and then since she came back from Liverpool has just gone from strength to strength. So I'm guessing, you know, sometimes people have to take a step back to take two forward and that work that I'm sure 
Beth's just alluded to has, has really been positive for him. Really, you haven't stopped since. It's just been on an upward, you know, trying. Upward, <laughs> you know, but I'm sure that there's there's much more room to grow again in you. There's, you're still young, so. But I think again, at the time, you know, I see someone else's journey as that bit of a challenge, which comes out for the positive. And Beth will tell you, well, deep down, it was a little bit harder, but. Again, I got through it, so um, it's, it's just interesting. But for me to see it from afar and see the journey that you came through, it was pretty pretty interesting. But for me personally, you, like I said, you, your football career, it's, it's not like that. I and mean, I think I had quite a long career, so there was constant moments where people are judging you. You know, I mm. think I started at 17 in the first team for the seniors and then finished at, what, just nearly 32. So that period of time, to be constantly people challenging you, thinking about you, writing you off, you're too old, you're too slow, you're too this. It's just, you just got to dig deep in yourself and, you know, draw on people around you, your support team, your support network, like Beth went and saw a psychologist as well. You just surround yourself with good people and that positive energy and you just think, I know who I am, I know what I'm good at and you just keep rolling with it. Excellent, that's some really solid advice. So together you've given some amazing advice and insights for the future generation, but if we're talking about grassroots football, and some key bits of learnings that you guys have both experienced in your careers to give to the new generation, what would that be? Oh, good one. Big uh, question. Yeah. It's a big question, I know. For myself, I'd say, first and foremost, enjoy it, because I think there's so many pressures on young people at the minute that we're at, they're probably losing the love and the enjoyment out of things because they're putting too much pressure on themselves, have it be through peers, family, social media, I think that first and foremost, enjoy what you're doing. If you don't enjoy it, then what main point is it? Because I know I, I enjoy football, that's why I do it and I love love my job, but enjoy it, continue to work hard, but always just find that inner belief and there will always be a way that you'll, you'll find that belief in yourself. No, I agree, having fun is the main one. If you're at grassroots level, just I think for, for me, I got joy just kicking the ball around and I think now I've retired, I wish I had that mentality throughout my whole career that I was just constantly at a grassroots level. That makes sense. Even when, even if I was playing a, a big yeah. game or a major tournament or whatever it may be, I wish I had that grassroots mentality where it, nothing really mattered. I think I said it to you earlier, that the rules don't change. It's still 11 v 11. You know, it, it's just football and I wish I'd continue to have that mindset for my whole life really and I still do now my five aside so I think that like, like Beth's alluded to it's all about having fun and enjoyment and, and smiling and, and being with your mates. Big thanks to Bethany and of course to Kaz for the chat and to you for listening. Positively England is now into the second half of our 21 days of positivity and as we've got more listeners joining us along the way we wanted to take a chance to share some highlights from our first three episodes for those of you who are only just joining the show. So here are some snippets from our great conversations with Jaden Sancho, Leah Williamson and Harry Wicks. On the weekends I used to just turn up to like, like there'll be like tournaments in my area and sometimes usually like some players wouldn't turn up so I would just fill in and just play on that team and I didn't even know anyone so that's how it kind of started for me. My dad was great for me growing up because when I'd play things down he'd say to me by the time you get there and you're of age to play senior football it'll be a wage which obviously when I started playing football it wasn't so for him to have that belief you know just like don't give up because one day this will be your career was nice because it was just like a background voice that would never let me stop. I was a right winger. Right winger? I was Tricky fast. winger? I was fast back then, yeah. 
I think when I was in when I was at uh, Sunday League football back when I was six, seven, eight, and I think I got thirty goals a year. Really? Yeah, it's a long way since then. Wow. Now. <laughs> so when did it turn for you in terms of the pressure into, or, or let's say the um, the weight on the shoulders? From primary school to secondary school, I had a bad attitude. I was I would admit that I had a meeting with Watford and they said if you carry on with this behaviour, then we would have to release you. So I think that was the turning point in my career. Who were the people around you that were driving you? Who were your role models? I think mainly my dad at the time. When I was when I was young, I didn't really know anybody in football enough to, to kind of you know use them as, as motivated. My dad was a semi-professional footballer, so I used to watch him before he retired. And yeah, just my dad was the one who I always used to you know really look up to. Was he uh, a parent who used to shout or not, or did he used to leave you to it? No, he used to leave me to it. Thankfully, I mean he's um, he, I, the thing is with my dad, I always know when he's he was disappointed or even when he is now. He, <laughs> yeah. he won't show it, but I can yeah. just tell. Just, you know, you just see it in the face. Like, like, face oh, Try to give me some, lot of, some positive feedback, but I can tell he's he's uh, he's thought I've had a bad performance. Is there any standout moments for you that really shapes you as a person and a player? I think the obvious one is like injuries. I'd had a great youth career at England. I'd always been, you know, picked for the camp, moved on to the next one. It's like you're just ticking boxes. Made my debut season for Arsenal. Everything was great. There was injuries, so I walked straight into the team and was, you know, involved. And then got injured the next season and I was out for, altogether, I was out for about two seasons worth. And I suppose for me, that was the biggest, like, I'd never really had that before and I'd never really, I'd never really been on the bench, let alone, like, not involved at all. So for me, that was probably my biggest learning of just never to take it for granted. I think it's, it's important at times to sort of you know step take a step back and realise how far you've come as well, and that just you know to, to realise where you are and, and what you've achieved, rather than just putting so much pressure on yourself and, and making things worse. It's to sort of take a step back, take a breath, and go. You know what? I've I've set out everything I've I've dreamed of doing since I was a little boy, and now it's the next goals, the next steps, and, and how can I get to them? I think the social media here is like it's it's intense. Like over in Germany. It's good for me because everything's in German, so I don't know what they're saying. Anyway. <laughs> so like, you know what I mean? So like, you might see your face like on, let's say, Sky Sports in Germany, but I don't know what it's saying, and I know us. So like, it's kind of good, but I know here, because I've seen it, the pressure is, is crazy over here. Is that big in the in the dressing room having like that good music coming out? The music it's important. The music. I, there's a lot of there's more probably before a game. I'm more nervous about doing the match day playlist. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> way. But I hit the right order. To be fair, for Leah, she knows her audience very very well. She she would get a good array of genres on to please everyone because she's right. It's it's what gears you up for a game. Do you look at social media or not? Uh, after a game, no. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. Regardless of result. Regardless of result. Even if we win, I don't look. Because it's, it's horrible, it isn't is it? Horrible. It's, it's horrible. horrible. It's horrible. Social media is just it's horrible now. It is, yeah. You know what I mean? And it could have like, it could be 99% great. Yeah. But that's just that 1%. And then you think about that yeah. for the rest of the day. Well, I, think, I think as well, people don't tend to go onto social media for positive, really. Right? <laughs> you know, you, they go there to sort of speak their mind of something negative and, and, and to read that, especially if it's about yourself, ain't nice. But it's part of, of football, I just don't look at it. What would you tell the next generation of, of players coming through, regardless of whether they're going through the normal system, go through the academy setup, whether they follow a very similar journey to you, go abroad? Well, me, I have a special word that I always use, and I, I just think it's the best word, I think. If you believe, you can achieve. It's it's a simple saying, but it's so effective. And you know, you you gotta have, you know, you gotta believe in yourself.
Do you think it's important for those young, those really young players to remember why they're doing it, the fun of it? You know, the, like you said, the competition becomes such a, such a huge part of it so quickly and it doesn't go away. Yeah. It's still there for that's you now. It, I think that's it exactly. And there's so much emphasis now on analysing everything. You know, yeah. even when you're five years old, you're analysing positioning, <laughs> analysing this and that. And it's so important just to sort of just say, go out and enjoy football. Anyway, but as soon as you find something that you enjoy that much in football and you're actually quite good at it and all of a sudden when you're kicking it, you're a bit better than everybody else and you're thinking, this is for me, this. I absolutely loved all of those conversations and if those highlights left you wanting to hear more or if you've already heard them and want to hear them again, just head back in our podcast feed where you can listen to all of the interviews in full. Now, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast as we keep our 21 days of positivity going because next up, we'll be talking to one of the most decorated young players in English football, Joe Gomez.